Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to Roll Football Show. I am Patrick Darty. As always, joined, joined as always, by Denny Carter. Is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? Again, we are not legally allowed to tell you. I'm wearing my Team USA quote unquote kit, what they're called by the Europeans. And yeah, I heard. I heard America's. our producer Adam say "kit." I had no idea what we were, what we were talking about. Yeah, soccer, also known as football, can do nothing normally. Your your uniform is your kit. Your shoes are your boots. Um, the field, of course, is a pitch. Really? There. Boots? Mm-hmm. Boots. They have to be just vastly superior to us and everything. So, so everyone wants to just sound like they're on Peaky Blinders. It's- they do. Well, then most of these people are, to be fair. Most <laughs> English soccer fans. Um, every Peaky Blinders episode is based on something an English soccer fan has done. Um, no offense to the English soccer fans. But uh, we want to talk about American football fans, Denny, because uh, I feel like we had a very memeable Week 12 between Brian Robinson wearing the most giant hat I've ever seen <laughs> and the Jaguars mascot, let's just be real, uh, logging all the way on. And uh, for you to not see the, the Jaguars mascot, who's like a big cat, uh, was parading around the stadium in a American flag Speedo. Yeah. Um, as the Jaguars pulled the upset over the Baltimore Ravens, so it worked. Uh, I, should, I should clarify, uh, Pat doesn't have it all the way correct there. Uh, the Jaguar was wearing an American flag thong speed. <laughs> was it? Was it really? I guess that it was. Actually, it was. It was. In fact, I confirmed with sources that it was a thong. And at one point, he was. I, I mean, we're not allowed to say this word on air, so you'll probably hear this bleeped on the podcast. I believe he was thrusting a few times. Uh, Johnny Jaguar, whatever his name is. Um, oh man what was your favorite meme uh jackson deville apparently is the name of the thrusting jaguar uh jackson deville thrusting or brian robinson wearing a hat uh far far too large for his head what was your favorite meme from week 12 while i can't stop thinking of the size of the hat and wondering if brian robinson is trying to make the big hat a thing i think he is i think he is it looks takes a pioneer looks truly Truly terrible. <laughs> it, I, uh, I hate to be judgmental, but Brian, it it does look it, bad. It looks. I mean, I can't believe. I can't even wrap my head around someone wearing it and saying, "This is my fashion statement." Well, and too, if you're an NFL running back, by definition, you are a very large human, and it made him look very small. It made him look like a, a JV football player. I. He looks like I, for some for some reason I kept coming back to this. Brian Robinson looked like a Mario character. He does. Uh, he I, does. Like Toad, I guess. He looked like Toad. Well, it just dude highlights how Mario has never worn a hat that actually fits his head. Oh, there you go. Why. Well, that that's why. Yeah, he wears the plumber's hat, or what we think of the plumber. I don't know. Yeah, that's what, I mean, I, I've never had a plumber come to my house what not wearing that. Of you, <laughs> if they're not wearing that, it means they're not a real plumber. It means you didn't get a, a good union plumber, and they're yeah. actually not allowed to touch your sink. But. We could report you for that, actually. So yeah, uh, uh, be, uh, but I have to say that the thing will, that will stick with me is the, the jaguar dressed in a speedo uh, thong. And you don't, the, you, yeah, you, you don't unsee Jackson Deville. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was watching the game with my dad briefly, and my dad goes, 
He's never watching what? the NFL again. <laughs> what, is, what is that thing under the goalposts? <laughs> and I said, uh, I think that's the Jaguar. He was like, that's not a Jaguar. I was like, I don't, I don't know like what a Jaguar is supposed to look like. But what? So you've seen sure, a bunch of Jaguars out in the wild wearing clothes? Is yeah, I'm pretty saying? sure that that's supposed to be one. You know, and and he was like, "But what? What is it wearing?" I said, it, "Obviously, Dad, it's wearing a speedo." What else? What else would a jaguar be wearing? What else would? It, but I no, I I would say uh, we're lucky he was wearing even that. I've never seen a jaguar wear clothes in the public, and frankly, I think it's inappropriate when Jackson Deville wears the jaguar's jersey. <laughs> right, right, right. No, well, I would say it's uh, not anatomically correct. Probably, you no. know, I, I think I think we need to no, be, no, we need to be accurate. You know, if 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 we're going to have animals representing NFL teams, <laughs> we need to have them uh, an accurate depiction. You know, and so if that requires a naked mascot wearing very small underwear thrusting, and, and then that's that's what it takes. <laughs> that's what it that's, takes. I don't. Whatever it takes when you're rebuilding a culture like the Jaguars are. Well, and also I mean, the fact that they won, you know what this means, Pat? This means that they have to keep doing this. They, have they to do keep have to. Keep, I mean, clearly they do have to keep doing it. Once, you're, once you have a mascot go viral, because it's very stiff competition to have a mascot go viral in 2022, like Gritty kind of up the game. I mean, Jacksonville is all anyone can talk about, including your father. And it would be a humongous mistake to put regular clothes back on Jacksonville. He, look, his, uh, uh, or the, I don't know, it's appearance uh coincided with what could be described as trevor lawrence's breakout game no it's true and I, i'm actually very superstitious so it would be yeah. you know a horrific mistake for jacksonville I, i'm i'm only a little stitious and i can tell you that that th- this needs to keep going and we need he needs to count the review the film the exact number of thrusts after each score <laughs> and go back to that and i'll say the one thing sticking with me from the memes over the weekend is I can't imagine Brian Robinson's friend got his gigantic hat officially licensed by the NFL. And you know, Daniel Snyder is just, you know, like kind of the meme where like people are like, like licking their chops, like rubbing their hands. Daniel Snyder cannot wait to sue the maker of this large hat yeah. and for making unlicensed commanders memorabilia merchandise. Um, yeah. He will sue Brian Robinson's. It's happening. And by the way, the uh, I believe you know. Look, the the Jaguars have long been an analytics-driven organization. I think that that's where this comes from. I think the number of thrusts that the Jaguar did during the game was 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 analytics. That's football analytics. So if you disagree with that, then then you know then you hate analytics. That's all. You hate analytics. You're a dinosaur. You're everything that's wrong with the NFL. Uh, everything is right with the NFL, Denny, is Jordan Love immediately throwing a touchdown to Christian Watson. Um, coming in the game is literally immediately throwing to Christian Watson. Aaron Rodgers, who the NBC cameras were finding, he was like basically like staring at his thumb after every throw, really laying it on thick. Like anytime he had an incompletion, I know. Like, I know. man. Oh, this, um, th- this thing's not working. Yeah, and then, then he did take uh, a rather sizable hit to his midsection where it seemed like he was – not hamming it up for the cameras and having to get on a knee and like catch his breath after every time he moved. Yeah. And so he did depart the game. We have no idea what his week 13 status is. He very well could play. Aaron Rodgers is a very prideful man. Uh, he was still slinging it even when he couldn't breathe. I will say last night, but we'll say he's highly questionable for week 13 against the bears defense. Who oh. the pa- bears past events, only the Raiders have a worse EPA per drop back against the pass. And just barely. Yeah. Just barely. I- 
The Bears are real bad, and they were missing starters yesterday against the Jets. They're real. They're terrible. So at the risk of dating this conversation immediately of Aaron Rodgers, like, oh, I'm playing. Um, is Jordan Love the streamer of the week for Week 13 against the Chicago Bears? I think I think he's a, he's a good pickup unless you have an elite quarterback and unless you have one of the top like seven, eight guys, if you've been just like scraping bottom, like, like, Oh, I can convince myself that Jacoby Brissett can get me there today this week. Like if you're in that position, you could do way worse than to just pick up Jordan love who's available in, let me check my notes. Yes. 100% 100%, of I believe. So I don't want to hear, (laughs) I don't want to hear anything about your league. Okay. I know obviously super flexly. He was drafted before in Aaron Rodgers. I get it. No, I'm kidding. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was really good. Look, I I don't watch game as you know. I've never watched it. except uh, for it sounds like you were watching the Jaguar though. But uh, I I didn't. I made sure not to watch game. I was watching the Jaguar. Only the Jaguar. Uh, okay. I was watching the. I was watching the uh, Eagles Packers game, and man, that the Jordan Love dot on my screen was moving <laughs> and throwing really well. So uh, anyway, just to give you an idea of how much better he was than, than last year, he uh, he had 63, Jordan Love had 63 attempts last year. Uh, he had a 5.1 adjusted yards per attempt, which is just atrocious. Uh, last night against the Eagles, I should say Sunday night, because we don't know if this is Tuesday or Monday. Uh, Sunday night against the Eagles, uh, his adjusted yards per attempt was 11.4. He, of course, completed the long touchdown to uh, Christian Watson, completed six of his nine throws for 113 yards. And honestly, uh, it could have been better. Should have been better. Uh, Aaron Jones dropped a 25-yard reception. There was another one that was that that, that could have been, should have been, would have uh, been. Could have, would have, should have. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, so I he actually played better than his numbers, and his numbers were, were really good. I, I It made me go back, actually, in, in the Roto World blurbs to – reports in July and August saying Jordan Love is an entirely different guy this year and that he's grown as a quarterback as a person and of course this sounded you know like like the smokescreen so that the the Packers could could deal him away finally to some quarterback desperate team but it made me think that those reports were actually real so we will say the game wasn't like over over it would be like a stretch to say this was garbage time when Jordan Love was in the game but the game was under control for the Eagles. So the Eagles weren't like pinning their ears back and it's like getting after Jordan Love. It was kind of some soft coverages. But I mean, that, they, the game was – it was within doubt. It was They had it under control, but it wasn't like a laugher. So you can't just totally write off what Jordan Love did. Yeah, where it was only one quarter of play. It was by far the best quarter of his very brief NFL career. And it at least offered hope that in a good situation like the Chicago Bears – and who the Chicago Bears who just single-handedly revived Trevor Lawrence's career. We may talk about that later. Yeah. Um, Jordan Love can be streamed against them in week 13. He will be, I, I will say, I think he will be a priority streamer. By the way, the Packers, uh, 363 rushing yards they allowed to the Eagles. Seems suboptimal. That it, That's excessive. You know, I, I mean, ideally, ideally as an NFL defense, you want to hold the opponent to under 300 yards. Yeah, you do typically want to hold them down. <laughs> that is an, analytics for sure. Yeah. Is that, that's analytics, even like old, like Mike McCarthy, like when he had his PFF subscription, that was the first thing, uh, Jerry, chip oh. under 300. I can't do a Mike McCarthy voice what, at all, uh, actually. Is, uh, Jerry, one thing we have to do is we have to hold the opponent. To less than 300, 295, 298, that's fine. That is fine, actually. But you get to you get to 305, 310. 
too much. It's too much. Too much. What also too much, Denny, the New York Jets. There's a lot going on here. Uh, we'll begin with the backfield, though, where someone named Zonovan Knight. Uh, I, I think maybe I'd seen the name because I had to like mark him in our CMS a few times. It's kind of a memorable name. Did you really? I, I see. Um, I like to think that I know all the players because because of what we do on a daily basis. I mean, we, we work with these players' names all the time in the back end of the site. Never heard of this guy. No, I mean, so I don't want to overstate. I have not heard of him. I had literally seen his name. <laughs> okay. Like I had seen the, like the name as an abstraction, like Sunday morning. If you've been like Zonovan Knight, what team does he play for? I'm like, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm not sure. Like I've seen the name. I could, I could accurately say I've seen the name. Had no idea he was on the New York Jets. He led the Jets backfield after sort of a big, busy day in the Jets backfield. James Robinson was a healthy scratch, which gave Michael Carter some runway maybe run that starter's job. We actually had a debate and like our Slack chat going, I was like, I don't know. I just don't think that they think he's good or he might not be good. And then he had six carries for 21 yards. He goes out with supposedly a low grade ankle sprain. And then Zonovan Knight, as he's known, 103 yards from scrimmage, 69 yards rushing. That's a total Michael Carter's better at only one time all season. Ty Johnson also has a big day. I mean, what in the world do we tell the folks about the Jets backfield? Well, you're going to want whoever is getting the majority of the early down carries in this offense because the Jets uh, have been run heavy since the since Joe Flacco was benched or you know since he ceded the job to Zach Wilson. Uh, their uh, pass rate over expected is negative three percent, which is uh, 19th in the league. So they they are definitely run first. Uh, Robert Sala seemed to have a lot of. Uh, a lot of positive things to say about night, you know, and, and, and uh, so I guess, I guess we're going, we're going with it. I mean, uh, he's, he's worth an ad. If Michael Carter's ankle issue keeps him out a week or two. So he's uh, worth an ad, even if he it doesn't. Yeah, no, he is like, either way, but I mean, like he's like a priority. ad. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. Uh, if we hear that Carter is not practicing or that the team says, ah, we're not sure about this week. Um, he, I think he becomes very like a, like a very, solid touch-based RB two, three-ish type option. Because I think it was the best rushing performance by a Jets running back all year who not named Brees Hall probably. And this, again, this was against a very bad defense, this a very bad Bears defense in a game the Jets totally controlled. So you don't like want to go overboard, but we're not inferring too much to say the Jets were not happy with James Robinson, who they healthy scratched. They have not really been happy with Michael Carter all season. I mean no. – Maybe they think he's a good player, but they just like cannot find a role that they're satisfied with for him. And it's clearly not enamored with him being like the 1A back in their committee. And maybe by default he will remain the 1A back just because he's has the most versatile all-around skill set. He has the most experience of the non-James Robinson backs. But, yeah, I mean, this is a situation where I, I would feel very comfortable like kind of leaning into the uncertainty and mm-hmm. feeling very good about taking a Zon of a night flyer. Maybe it doesn't go anywhere. Um, but I would feel very, very good. There's, It's kind of like the classic vacuum situation where we don't really know what's going on with the Jets' backfield. He's extremely cheap. People still aren't going to be like breaking the bank with their fab budgets for Zonovan Knight. I would take a flyer. I would also take a flyer on Ty Johnson, who basically is kind of like a J.D. McKissick anytime he gets an opportunity. He catches like five passes like anytime he's involved in the game plan. So, yeah, I would happily take a flyer on both Jets' running backs. Yeah, Ty Johnson is is somewhat interesting. Um, 
Yeah, because you like he like you said, he's going to get most of that of, of that pass catching work, and that, and that definitely dings Zonovan Knight's uh, upside. You Who know? we've heard of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm actually looking for the Jets' uh, route running data from yesterday. So yeah, we have uh, Michael Carter ran only ten routes before. Uh, he left the game, and then Ty Johnson led the backfield with routes after that. Um, although Zonovan Knight did see three targets to two targets for Ty Johnson, so maybe, maybe I'm, I'm overstating that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think both both Jets running backs should be claimed this week. And like, it seems like if Michael Carter misses the game, like we're pretty sure, I guess James Robinson will be active. But if they had Zonovan Knight and Ty Johnson up over James Robinson on Sunday. I don't think like James Robinson oh, is going to miraculously claim yeah. number one duties again. That's right. Yeah, I wanted to mention like when a team makes this kind of move, uh, which which was somewhat shocking. Like you know they they no, it was he hasn't been good, but it was very surprising. Yeah, and, and uh, so we were all taken. Uh, you know, we were all off guard, caught off guard by that. We have to pay attention to that, and so I don't think that there's any real reason to say yeah, you know what they're. They're gonna go back to James Robinson like that. Like that. That's a pretty dramatic thing to to healthy scratch a guy and give significant snaps and touches to a guy no one's heard of. Yeah, and they asked Robert Sala afterwards why he was healthy scratched, and they, he said a running style. I yes. Believe. Yes. Um, uh huh. So not very happy with James. You know, they could have maybe researched this a little more, or they made a trade. And yeah. last I checked, there were some good running backs like Kareem Hunt available. So. We digress. We might as well just stick with the Jets, Denny. Or Mike White, he, one of the stories of Week 13, you know, instantly makes Zach Wilson, speaking of plumbers, look like look like a plumber. I mean, there's no – that's not supposed to be offensive. This, this is true. Made him look like a plumber trying to play quarterback. Uh, Mike White took advantage and more of – again, it's one of the best matchups you're ever going to get yeah, for the yeah. Chicago. But the Minnesota Vikings are a really, really, really good quarterback matchup too. I believe they allow the third most passing yards in the league. They allowed, I think, the sixth most quarterback fantasy points. So Mike White, we know it's like nowhere close to case closed with Mike White, like if he's a good NFL quarterback. Uh, But he took advantage of a good matchup. He has another really, really good matchup for week 13. What are we thinking about Mike White as a streamer or maybe an add on waivers? I mean, Mike White was really efficient and accurate, and I know the matchup. I understand. Like the Bears are bad when they're at full health, and yesterday they were missing two, uh, uh, two two key defenders in the secondary, their safety and their cornerback. So really down bad. I get that, but uh, Mike White was fifth among all quarterbacks in Week Twelve in completion rate over expected. Zach Wilson, no matter who they played, was continually in the bottom two or three every single week in that category. I, I think I think Mike White, importantly, just for fantasy purposes, he unlocks Garrett Wilson. Because my my theory is, Pat, literally anyone unlocks Garrett Wilson except for Zach Wilson. Okay. Like if Nathan Peterman were on the Jets, he oh, would man, unlock on, Garrett Wilson. That's okay. I, I'm just saying. We've already I, had used the word thrust a bunch of the show. We have to start <laughs> saying stuff about Nathan Peterman. I, I, I would like to see it. I would like to see is Peterman worse than Zach Wilson? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and uh, so, so, so as long as Mike White has his job, uh, Garrett Wilson is a wide receiver too, based on volume, based on routes, based on efficiency with with his targets. 
Um, and yeah, the by the way, the Vikings are are a pass funnel. I don't think it's going to come as easy every week for for Mike White, but he's certainly a streamer. Certainly a streamer, and so he popped in the boomer stats. He popped in the non-boomer stats. So Mike White, in four career starts, has twice posted a QB rating above 100. Zach Wilson has done that one time ever in 20 NFL starts. Uh, is Mike White posted a better EPA per drop back yesterday than Zach Wilson ever has yeah. on a start. Wow. Uh, he just uh, kind of one of these ridiculous stats, but from ESPN's Rich Samini, Mike White became the first quarterback in NFL history to have multiple games with at least a 75 completion percentage, 300 pass yards, and three touchdowns within his first four starts. So the guy can play a little ball, and the Minnesota yeah. Vikings let you play a little ball if you're a quarterback. So yeah, re- really like not an intimidating uh, defense at all for from a passing game standpoint. Would you rather, off the top of your head, stream Jordan Love against the Bears or Mike White against the Vikings? Yeah, I I actually think as as fantasy players, if we are streaming quarterback, we have to target the Bears. Yeah, so really I, I would go with Love. You'd go with Love. Sean McVay is not going with Love. He's going <laughs> with pain and suffering. As he just makes up the Rams rotations as he goes. This includes both in the backfield and the receiver core. We'll start in the backfield, Denny, where basically sometimes he's drawing touches out of a hat. Kyron Williams outtouched Cam Akers 14 to 8 in Kansas City. I mean, speaking of vacuums, there's a major, major information vacuum here. We just don't really know what's happening on a week to week basis in the Rams backfield. What do you think is happening heading into week 13? We don't know a lot about the Rams. Uh, and I, I would. I would love if some Rams reporters could, you know, mix it up and get some information out of the quote, coach. actually get some information, uh, you know, cause we, we go in, we go in not, not knowing we didn't know who was going to start at quarterback. And I don't mean like until a few minutes before kickoff, I mean, period for the Rams. We didn't know that Perkins, that Bryce Perkins was going to start until the Rams trotted him out. And trust me, I was tracked it for two and a half hours, Pat. I was tilting my face. You were tilting. You were you were on the case. So how does this happen? No reporter, no beat writer is like, hey, by the way, Bryce Perkins is starting. They don't. No one knows anything about the Rams, and including their 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 backfield. Kyron Williams, I guess, would be the op- the the better option here because he he ran almost all the routes, uh, saw three targets, whatever. Like th- this backfield is just hideous. Hit really, really horrible. Uh, I guess Kyron Williams has. I, I guess his best path, his most positive outcome would be that the Rams concede this is a lost season and they phase out Akers and they really give uh, like Kyron Williams like a good look to see if he can be the guy in the backfield. But I don't I don't know if that's if that's likely. Yeah, I don't know either. And we just don't we don't know anything about the whole offensive setup now. We don't know when Matthew Stafford is going to come back from his concussion. We guess Bryce Perkins is going to remain the starter. Well, Matthew Stafford's out. You said you wanted to mention Van Jefferson, uh, so let's, let's mention him. Let's mention Van Jefferson in the Rams receiver core and their passing game, Denny. You, you seem too excited about Van Jefferson. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to ask you to call him that. Maybe mute your mic. Because the, oh, one thing, too, yeah, because uh, Allen Robinson, done for the year with a foot He's done injury. for the year. Yeah. Uh, so this time it counts with Van Jefferson, by the way. Uh, he is available in a lot of leagues, like 98%. Not in my league. <laughs> He's your wide receiver one. He is actually, and I I won this week. <laughs> sorry, nerds. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry yeah. to distract you. Yeah. So basically, they had a five five guy receiver rotation this past week against the Chiefs, but.
but Van Jefferson was not part of that rotation. And what I mean by that is he played all the snaps. He ran all the routes. He was the only established part of the, the Rams passing game as, as bad as it was at Bryce Perkins passed for exactly 100 yards in a game where uh, they were down multiple scores for most of it. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, uh, not the best situation, but I, I think Van Jefferson is like the clear alpha receiver for the Rams going forward. Obviously this is exactly what Sean McVay wanted. Uh, he had six targets, which is a 29% target share against the chiefs. He got the team's lone touchdown while running about 30% of his routes from the slot. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I have some, a little excitement. I, excitement is a strong word, a little deep league interest in Van Jefferson, just kind of falling into fantasy points with a, uh, with a pretty big share of the targets and air yards for the Rams. Yeah. He could crack the top 48. And I don't mean that to be like damning with faint praise, but like if you're in the top 48, you're looking live, for like a flex spot, maybe a second flex spot, maybe even a fill in, wide receiver three spot if you're dealing with injuries or buys buys are almost over but targets have gone up back-to-back weeks like you say he's running every route now he scored a touchdown two of the past three weeks he has a history of some downfield production um they have they have a motive to kind of get him going too and see because he's getting near the end of his rookie contract yeah Uh, alan robinson almost certainly will not be back next year so like they have plenty of incentive to kind of get van jefferson going and yeah, I think I, I think Van, even with all thirty-two teams playing, that's not the case in Week Thirteen. I think the Van Jefferson could probably end up in the top forty-eight. Yeah, I, and like I said, like uh, no no one else. I mean, Tutu Atwell is basically the wide receiver two here. So Van Jefferson, I think could could see kind of a, a silly sort of target share going forward. I was told that Tutu Atwell uh, averaged sixty-two yards per route. By the way. Yeah. I was t- I was told he's too small, and yet he's averaging 62 yards per route. I don't. This doesn't. Uh, did he, doesn't did he run any routes in week 12? He did. No, no, he he did. He caught two two passes, I believe. No, so he's not he's not averaging 62 yards per route anymore. But uh, let's see. He actually had some yards. Yeah, 23 yards. Good for him. It's a big day for a Rams <laughs> receiver these days. You got to feel good for him. You do have to feel good. You got to feel for, good for us that we get to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the PGA Tour, and in the World Cup. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Colts and Cowboys in our Sunday Night 7 contest. And also don't forget, download the Roto-World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. I said World Cup. A lot of people will probably be listening to this after Team USA plays Iran. Uh, but will you actually be watching? It's all on the line, Denny. Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Telemundo. Uh, 2 p.m. is a tough time, man. I, did, I actually I got out of picking up my daughter from school. Yeah, see what I mean. Can't say my wife is thrilled about it. That that that, that's rough. Uh, Tuesday at two. No, I I will not be watching. Man, oh man! Uh, I thought you were American. Um, the the, excuse me. You told me to watch the England U.S. game, and it was zero to zero. Zero zero was actually pretty good game. Oh, (laughs) what on earth? Well, you, you don't think tying you don't think quote tying team after team from the British Isles is entertaining, Denny? Had, the um, New York Times actually had like a like a 
3000 word story on the America's only, only shot on goal. <laughs> I, I, I read it. I read it. Cause I was like, I'm sorry. No, no, this cannot be real. And I read the, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, they're like, Hey, the U S had a shot on goal folks. Uh, you, you know, you know what they need to do. They, here, here's my suggestion. If the, if the world cup is listening, you need to make the, the goals bigger. Oh my gosh. And you, and you need to put walls around the field. This is, uh, come on, come on. Utterly get, get, tragic. Get the, get the ball going, get the ball, uh, you know, no, no more out of bounds stuff. That, that stuff takes too long. All I can say is I hope this does not age super poorly. If you're listening Tuesday night, but we believe that we will win against Iran and advance to the knockout stage. Also, does anyone actually make a ruling about out of bounds? Because, because it just seems like the players just kind of pick up the ball. If the ball is near the, near the line, right? They're pretty casual about it. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think the, the entire ball has to be out of bounds. And sometimes it comes perilously close. Are, are, are there rules? Does soccer have rules? It does. It's, it's very arcane rules with some things. So. The, the only rule I know is that when an exciting play happens, it's blown dead. Yeah, it's true. They now they they've unfortunately taken the American innovation of using the James Webb Space Telescope to review every single play and sucking the fun and energy out of a lot of things. Wait, the offsides they they need to get rid of offsides. <laughs> it was a well, it was a huge weekend for the James Webb Telescope in the NFL. By the way, <laughs> a lot of really really amazing reviews that just were really really necessary and. Adding a lot to the game. Yes. Speaking of adding a lot to the game, Denny, the Ravens backfield. Now it's actually adding lots of pain and sadness. And J.K. Dobbins now has been designated to return from injured reserve, opening his three-week practice window. I'm hoping you knew this before we, we began the podcast. I, I did, yeah. <laughs> I'm not dropping a bombshell on you. Uh, what in the world is the state of the Ravens backfield? Other than It's kind of like the Rams. Where like Every week it's like, ah, whatever. Kenyon Drake leads it this week. You know, of course, we're committing to Gus. We've always been committed to Gus Edwards. <laughs> Justice Hill, he's been he improves a little bit every year. I know the fans don't see it, uh, but then he wants to deal with the Ravens' backfield. Another four to five years, and Justice Hill will be a starter in this league. It's true. He'll also be thirty-four. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Gus Edwards completely took over the Baltimore backfield. Sixteen carries against Jaguars. Most of the goal line work. He did this all despite. Uh, 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 just a devastating critical fumble in the fourth quarter. The Ravens seem not to care about. Um, uh, Kenyon Drake was relegated to two carries. Uh, I think he only saw like eight or nine snaps in the game. You know, him and Justice Hill basically were there to like give Gus Edwards a breather. But there's no upside uh, for for Gus Edwards here, uh, except which is, for is he, curious since it's a run based offense that can never seem to produce any fantasy points with the run. This is the Ravens have turned into a horrible fantasy offense. Mark Andrews hasn't had a big game in six weeks. Uh, Lamar Jackson no longer throws touchdowns no. or scores them on the ground. Although he had 89 rushing yards against the Jags. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> that tends to make up for a lot to of each stuff. their own. Uh, they don't have a re- reliable receiver, including Demarcus Robinson, who had one catch this past week against Jacksonville. Although he had a close, close to a touchdown, but still, you know, one catch. Uh, Duvernay is not an option. Gus Edwards is a touchdown-based option. Kenyon Drake is a stash. J.K. Dobbins comes back and he makes Gus Edwards unplayable. I, I, I think the only, really, the only two players that you're starting with any confidence in twelve-team leagues are Mark Andrews and Lamar, and that's it. 
Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, especially if J.K. Dobbins is back this week, it's just like why? Just like wait for more data. Just wait for something. To, I mean, it is true. One of the only like constancies, and is that even a word? And in the Ravens' backfield this year is that when Gus Edwards is healthy, they commit to him for some reason. They just they love the young man. They really do. But, uh, J.K. Dobbins, who someone who, they slow played his health, and then he still got hurt again. Uh, I do have a hard time believing maybe they'll, they'll fully recommit to J.K. Dobbins. I mean, they need something. They need some sort of change of pace, of change of momentum, something to shake up this offense. But man, oh man, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see a compelling reason to rely on any of these guys in Week 13. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know the the Ravens haven't even been uh, very good. Well. I should say for their their running back uh, production has been o- among the worst in the league. Now Lamar saves them. Actually, I'm looking at EPA data. They have the second highest rush EPA in the league, um, and but that's that's almost entirely because of Lamar. Someone, by the way, Derek Klassen, a very good writer, has done some work for this website. Uh, compared an old drill tweet at D R I L. If you're not familiar with the Ravens' offense, and this was a, a tweet in 2014 from Drill that said me and a bunch of stupid people are going to start a community in the middle of the desert to either die or prove a very important point. <laughs> that's what Derek said, the Ravens offense. <laughs> um, or more specifically, he said Greg Roman's offense. <laughs> so, that is, that's funny. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> no, it's a good one, man. And, I love that. Yeah. Greg Roman uh, has no idea what, what he wants. Uh, in fact, in fact, Pat, I, I swear, I am not making this up. The Ravens' offense, their game plan against the Jags was to deliver a revenge game for Josh Oliver. I know. I, I, the, I know. Former, the former Jaguars tenant. Let, hear me out. Josh Oliver was activated because Isaiah Likely is down with an ankle, right? So Oliver gets in. He's second on the team in targets, one behind Mark Andrews. He runs almost all the routes. He gets end zone he gets multiple end zone targets until he finally scores. Greg Roman came into this game and said, no matter what happens today, win, lose, or draw, Josh Oliver's getting his touchdown. How how crazy is this? It was it was a tough watch, a real, real tough watch. Then we were afraid we were headed for a tough watch in the Jaguars backfield after Travis Etienne seemed to aggravate his foot injury. And when you have List Frank, you know, you can control F List Frank and that pops up on your Wikipedia. Very, very bad sign. If you come down with a foot injury, both Etienne and coach Doug Peterson say he's actually not hurt, that he escaped, that they're just being cautious, that he's questionable for week 13, but yeah. has a real chance to play for week 13. Jamichael Hasty performed fairly well in Etienne's absence against the Ravens. Daryl Henderson, who has claimed off waivers from the Rams, figures to get involved this week if Etienne can't play. But what's our take on the Jags back? Is, is he going to play? And who would we prioritize? If Travis Etienne does not play, all signs point to him playing because he said he's fine. Doug Peterson said foot injury. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I will. Yeah, I will say I would consider him truly questionable for sure. And um, but if he's out, I think Jamichael Hasty probably will get the lead back duties. Daryl Henderson will mix in. Um, Hasty has a lot of PPR appeal. A lot, not a lot. He has some PPR appeal because. He is involved. Uh, whoever's the running back is involved in that passing game quite a bit. He had five catches for 67 yards and a touchdown against the Ravens. Uh, Jamichael Hasty, all he does is make big plays. 
big question I have watching the Jags a few times this year. Why is Jamichael Hasty not more involved? And why is Jamal Agnew not more involved? Jamal Agnew is a, a, an explosive receiver who's not used at all. Um, but H- Hasty should be the priority pickup. And then Henderson's available in about half of leagues. But I don't think that you can like scoop up Henderson and think, oh well, he's he's going to be the guy. He's been with the he's been with the team for 15 minutes. Yeah, it'll probably end in great great sadness. Um, the reason Jamal Agnew is not more involved than he is Zay Jones, who back to back weeks has at least eight catches on 10 targets. He had 145 yards yeah. against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, not very highly rostered in fantasy football leagues. He's kind of a classic in my league, not in my league. Deeper leagues, he probably is rostered, but he's rostered in under 50% of Yahoo fantasy leagues. Do we need to get that number up? Yeah, yeah, because uh, he's probably going to usurp Christian Kirk as the target leader. He does have only one tutter, I'll say. Sorry. No, you're not getting touchdowns. Tutties. Uh, I mean, you know, know what you know what you're getting. You're getting a a, a PPR scam here in in Zay Jones. Um, uh, yards per target um, for for the season is at yards per target seven point one. Uh, that's actually pretty. It's lower than that recently. Uh, he basically just operates as the as as the underneath option for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, got a, got a lot of it. Got you know eleven catches on fourteen targets. Uh, him and Christian Kirk combined for 57% of the team's targets uh, against the Jags. So we we know where the ball is going in that passing game. But it, it didn't come out of nowhere. You know, I, I, I do think, you know, 14 targets, you're not going to see that again probably. But he had 10 targets the week before against Kansas City. Uh, three weeks ago, he had 10 targets against the Giants. He had a, an 11-target game against the Chargers in week three. So when when game script kind of goes sideways and when the Jags have to chase points, there's one guy who's getting peppered in Zay Jones. Um, I should say two guys, him and Kirk. But, yeah, so I, I think Zay Jones makes a lot of sense in PPR. Zay Jones is thir- tied for 13th in the league with 58 catches. Uh, kind of hard to believe. Wow. And tied for 24th <laughs> in the league with 79 targets. So It's wild. Um, yeah, it's a thing that is actually happening. A thing that also was actually happening in week 12 was Christian McCaffrey seeding two minute drill and passing down and like red zone snaps to Elijah Mitchell. Everyone's like, what in the heck is going on? Yeah. Turns out Christian McCaffrey has a sore knee. Then it turns out Elijah Mitchell injured his MCL yet again. So the team that basically gave away Jeff Wilson for no reason was down to giving Jordan Mason touches. Eliza Mitchell, who's already missed half the year with an MCL issue you'd have to consider him doubtful for week 13. Christian McCaffrey, we'd like to think he'll be active since he played through the issue. I mean, this is Christian McCaffrey. We know about the injury history. We know about just about the squirreliness with Kyle Shanahan. So another backfield. They're playing the Miami Dolphins this week, a potential shootout. What should we be telling people about the 49ers backfield? Yeah, so uh, Kyle Shanahan said on Monday that Elijah Mitchell's MCL injury is – as serious as his first MCL injury. I thought he said it wasn't as serious. Oh, really? Did I, re- I yeah, misread I that? I think you might have misread our blurb. I'm really mm-hmm. hoping that's the case. And I'm going to keep talking as I try yeah, to double check. Actually, I, I think I did misread that. Wow. Sorry about that. That was a. He said it's blurb. not as serious, Denny. Yeah. So why you can recalibrate your take and your mind then. So it's, I would guess that he's going to miss at least at least a week here. Um, that That is for certain. And the guy already had an MCL injury. Mm-hmm. 
and he re-injured I, and he sat out of the game. I can't yeah. see how in the world he's not going to miss at least one week. So Jordan Mason, kind of a buzzy rookie this summer, I guess in sicko circles, fantasy circles. Um, he saw six carries on nine snaps against New Orleans this past week. He went for 25 yards. He was he was pretty good in the preseason. He had 20 carries in the preseason, uh, averaged almost five yards per carry, uh, had uh, 3.7 yards after contact per carry, which is which is pretty high. Uh, in other words, you know he he was he was a pretty he was an explosive runner when given the the chance. Uh, I I think that he should be stashed in case. Um, I think it's clear that. McCaffrey is not going to, especially with his knee issue, not going to dominate touches. He's yeah, not going he's, to, he's not going to clear out everybody else from getting touches in this backfield. So somebody's got to take that Elijah Mitchell role. I think I think Jordan Mason would be the one to do it. Now Te- Tevin Coleman will be probably active. Oh if, my god, is he seriously on the team again? He's seriously on uh, the team. <laughs> I, I I I had to confirm it because I, I was like. Have I once again hallucinated that it's 2016? But no. I thought they cut him. Oh, my gosh. No, he's on the team. I he's on the team. I know. Uh, and anyway, so he'll be active. But, but yeah, I mean, Jordan Mason is, a, is an interesting and, – and you're not going to have to uh, prioritize him or, or spend a lot of uh, free agent budget on him. I, I think that he's a good pickup. Yeah, definitely. I, I would say a must-add. Just the the vibes uh, the smoke signal is coming out of the 49ers backfield are just not very good right now um no everyone vibes, are off. vibes are off vibes are off and you know everyone's trying to find the guy who did this Elijah Mitchell we had no idea he has an injury history Christian McCaffrey we had no idea he has an injury history Jeff Wilson we again we just gave him away we don't I just wish someone had told us that maybe we might need him still um, but yeah, Jordan Mason maybe it was maybe trading Jeff Wilson was a big vote of confidence in Jordan Mason. Like I said, had a very, very buzzy summer. And he seems like it's going to be tricky with the fab. A lot of people are probably close to out of fab. But I, I would feel good about getting Jordan Mason uh, Tuesday evening when when my waivers run yeah, in my too. league. We talked about a lot of bad players today, Denny. You mentioned a good one that you want to talk about who had a good Thanksgiving, Michael Gallup of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, uh, Gallup's rap participation has uh, has gotten to the point where you know he is like the clear number two receiver in the in the Cowboys' offense. Um, he really excels against against man coverage, especially you know when teams are shading coverage to CD Lamb's side. So I I do I do think, and I, I you know I had to wonder. I know it's not the most analytical take in the world, but I had to wonder if all this OBJ talk had gotten under Michael Gallup's skin just a little bit uh, over the past few weeks. I mean, it feels like I tweeted the other day. It feels like Beckham has been a member of the Cowboys for 11 years. He, I'm, I'm, I'm the president on our cable sports networks. And- yeah. And uh, so maybe Gallup was tired of hearing that. And so, you know, he really stepped up and Thanksgiving had a, had a big game. I, I, I still, I think that this, this Cowboys offense wants to be balanced. So we're not going to see these, these massively heavy pass uh, uh, pass heavy scripts going forward if they don't if they can avoid that so just you know keep that in mind but i, I think gallup has has gotten to the point where he should be starting in 12 team leagues where you know if you have to start three or four receivers yeah i think he is basically there and it always made sense that he was going to trend that direction i mean throughout his career he's always been a top 36 guy i think he could definitely push to be a top 40 guy and 
Odell Beckham. I mean, a lot of people convinced Odell Beckham is still going to be good. Um, I know, coming back from a I second know. torn ACL, it's a very, very strange narrative to me. And Ian Rappaport reported he's going to probably return mid-December, but that it could be late December. I would not have OBJ fear if you're a Michael Gallup rosterer. I would not have much yeah. OBJ optimism. Like, I, it doesn't strike me as a stash that's going to do a whole lot for you or I mean literally anything for you. And, yeah, OBJ, too, uh, seems like maybe some work on his commercial plane etiquette. Um, <laughs> not really sure what's going on. It sounded like they woke up like a hibernating bear, basically. Yeah. And yeah. It was very it was upset a, about it. Very weird situation. He, he wasn't cited or, or arrested or anything, but it was a very, very weird situation. Uh, Gallup, by the way, um, uh, seeing, seeing more action, seeing more targets in the red zone um, of late. So that, that is an important piece of the puzzle here as we try to we try to get some touchdowns for our guy Gallup. Because our guy Gallup is having a hard time. Our guy Dak Prescott loves our guy Dalton Schultz, man. He loves, loves, loves him. He loves he loves himself a mid tight end. He come on, man. <laughs> uh, speaking of mid, uh, I actually Foster Murrow wishes he were mid. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, but you want to talk about Foster Murrow who yeah, he keeps getting away with it. Denny scored another touchdown. I mean, he has not been getting away with it. He finally, he, well, I should, I, we should say he finally got away with it. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, he has scored. I think he scored like either two weeks in a row or two, he scored two of the past. Oh, he three did. Weeks. I'm yeah. sorry, he did. I was just looking at that. We'll he scored two of the past three weeks, but he hasn't caught more than three balls in over a month. But you want no. again? No, okay. Curious. You wanted to talk about him. All right. Yeah. I, right. Right. It is. It is curious. So the the key with Foster Moreau and with any tight end who we're streaming is they we need them to be out there. We need them to be running all the routes humanly possible. And that's what Foster Moreau is doing. He's fourth in tight end pass routes since week nine, only behind Hawkinson, Knox, and Dulcich. Somehow Dulcich is on there, even though he does nothing for fantasy. Um, so, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I think I think you can – reasonably stream Moreau in uh you know in in a 12 team league They're playing I, the I chargers this week against the chargers right and and uh i actually haven't checked that as as far as uh as far as a uh matchup standpoint but i'm guessing that that game will have one of the higher totals of the week that's another Currently thing we 50 want. and a half right now so. right that's another thing we want definitely with with streaming tight ends we want to attach them to potentially high scoring games so that Routes can be inflated, targets can be inflated. Hopefully, catches and yardage and touchdowns. So, I think you can keep if you have Moreau. I think that you there is a case for just keeping keeping him going against the Chargers. After weeks of seemingly having like three or four games under forty, we have three games currently. Uh, is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? Over fifty. Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, Bengals, and then very very interestingly, Denny Jaguars, Lions is currently a fifty one and a half. Oh. I like I like that setup. And you too. I mean, these lines will change, of course, as the week goes. But three games over fifty, this maybe give us some fantasy points, please. Just please. a few would be nice. Just a few. I mean, does it feel like to you? Does it feel like every single game this season is ten ten at halftime? It does. It's it's a weird. It's just a really weird year. There's because there's so many teams that are like in like weird transition phases, like the Bucks, like the Packers. Uh, then people who just never arrived, like the Broncos, uh, just not a good. I mean, the Saints have, should have a lot of people who are fancy viable, but they're just a bad team. It's you know the two high safety has like changed the face of teams have to run the ball again. 
yeah, it's been a, just a very maddening, very, very frustrating fantasy season. Um, yeah, we'll have to look into this in the offseason. We, we want the return of the points. We want the return of the points. We'll also have to look into week 13. I hope you have this prepared, Denny, the kicker of the week. Who, who was it last week? It was uh, uh, Joey was it, Sly. Joey Sly, how'd that, how'd that work out? Um, Joey Sly, uh, he had uh, not a bad game. Um, he See on the I'm commanders. Not, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm checking. We love here. our Joey Sly. Oh my God, the commanders had 19 points. There's what? no way he didn't kick like several field goals. He had he had two field goals. Uh, scored eight fantasy points. So that's you know. a good. That's a good day. That's a good day at the office for the kicker of the week. That's fine. Joey honest. Sly. By the way, he'll be in the column this week again. Uh, not as the top st- kicker streamer, but. Um, he has multiple field goal attempts in uh, five of his past seven games. And the, the, the commanders uh, are quite bad in the red zone. Okay. They, they're only converting about 50% of their red zone possessions into touchdowns, one of the lowest rates in the league. So you can keep going with Sly, I think. But my guy this week is Jason Myers, uh, oh, available, yeah. available oh, yes. in 60% uh, of leagues, which I know he was drafted before DK Metcalf in your league. Uh, but but uh, really good. Um, Really good spot here for Seattle, and I'm trying to vamp so I can find he is playing. The, You're wondering who the Seahawks are playing. They're playing yes. the Los Angeles football Rams. They're playing the Rams, folks. <laughs> so the know. team that you can settle for field goals against. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, only six teams uh, have been worse than Seattle in scoring touchdowns inside the 20 of the season. It's worked out pretty well for Myers, who has multiple field goal attempts in seven of the past nine games for Seattle. Lots of positive game scripts here. I like it. You're, you're starting Jason Myers. You are starting Jason Myers. You're starting everyone we've talked about on this show, just to be honest. <laughs> Very informative show today. Good stuff, as always, from Denny. Check out his WaverWired.com, which goes live on Tuesday mornings. He'll be back later in the week with his funnel thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll be back later in the week. My rankings will both be back later in the week with multiple podcasts. We hope we'll be back later in the week with another t- U.S. men's national team game in the knockout stages of this world cup. You got to advance boys. You just, you got to do it. Once you got to do it, you got to do it. 2 PM Eastern on Telemundo in Spanish. Um, you got to do it. Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney. We're all, we're all written for you. So for Danny Carter, by the way. what they're, they're listening right now. They are listening. Well, they got nothing to do. They're sitting around. You can't have a beer apparently. So uh, you're listening to the road to world football show, which will be back on Tuesday with Lawrence Jackson, Lawrence Jackson, Kyle Dvorak, and myself. We'll catch you later.